0: A lot of stereotypes attached to us dads, like the dad bod. Any, any dad bod fans out there? Ladies, that was your opportunity. Uh, any dad bod fans out there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, dads, dads have to wear socks with sandals, right? It's almost a requirement. Uh, you know, dads also have to wear a clip for their cell phone on the side of their belt. Because we cool like that, right? But there's a, there's a, lot, of, a lot of different stereotypes. But we, you know, we have some things in our society that we just accept. Because why? That's just the way things are. And, and you're like, well, yeah, but what are they? Okay. Anyone ever planned a wedding? Anyone ever planned a wedding? Okay. Who, who pays for the wedding? Who pays for the wedding? Well, you, traditionally, who pays for the wedding? father of the why because that's how it is and that's all you got because he's ready to get rid of of her that wasn't the case in (laughs) mind he was as as we were walking to the altar he was hanging on and skidding behind (laughs) love you sammy happy father's day uh and so (laughs) he's in church so he's not watching but i'll tag him later anyway um but there's, there's some different things in our culture. And, and we, just, we just do it because that's what you're supposed to do. And, and we don't ever think about it. Um, but there are also some things. And I kind of ran this illustration by Teresa because I was afraid it would be offensive. So I, I ran it by Teresa. So if you're offended, Teresa, you can be offended by Teresa because she told me it was good. Anyway, um, you know, growing up, the things that were supposed to happen... Were women took care of the kids. Dads weren't necessarily involved. Dads went and did the men thing, and the woman took care of the kids. And, uh, you know, and, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, other than we have a world full of boys that now act like boys because they were taught how to act like boys by men. There was no manly, really good figure for them. You know, I, it, and it still consists even today. I mean, if you look at our budget line items, we even have it in our budget line items. There's no, there's no line item in the men's budget for childcare, but there is for the women's budget. It's just the truth. So what if, what if we made on this Father's Day a new stereotype? What if we said, let's biblically be men that are involved with our families and teach our men and our ladies to be biblical men and women. Because here's the thing. Yeah, I can teach my little boy how to be a man, but I can also teach my daughter how a man's supposed to treat her. I bring my daughter a lot of flowers. Why? Because one day there's going to be a boy, and he's going to bring her flowers, and she's going to go, What else you got? <laughs> my dad brings me flowers all the time, but pff, ain't no big deal. And she'll say that too. I mean, she, she'll say it now. <laughs> crystal's like yeah i've done her hair yeah (laughs) or or he takes her to a movie at a nice restaurant she's like my dad used to do that all the time he used to take he used to dress up in a suit and take me to a father-daughter dance what else you got and so i do those things with my kids because i want things to be different now i'm not saying that if you grew up that way there's anything necessarily wrong but we have a world full of boys and no one knows how to act like a man And so the only people to to show everyone in this world how to act like the men is godly men. Because we got too many boys in this world. We need some biblical men. Can I get an amen on that at least? All right. So if you're offended, it's Teresa's fault. Uh, And so I ran the whole thing by her. And she said, why would I be offended? I'm like, okay. (laughs) We're good. (laughs) Let's go. And so I'm going to i'm gonna i'm gonna make the shift here the same is true with the church there's a lot of things we do in church because that's just what we do we show up to church on sunday everybody goes well we dress up to go to church why i don't know that's what you do you know you show up to church and for many years many years at hope church we had coffee and donuts i remember the sunday we stopped the donuts you would thought we shot somebody Right, Angie. <laughs> we did donuts for years and and one time in one board meeting we just said, you know, we could cut these and, and pay for something that actually mattered. Uh and we did. And and you thought we killed somebody. But as the church, we need to be careful that our practice lines up with God's word and not our preferences. That's your that's your shareable point for the week. As the church, we need to be careful that our practice lines up with God's word and not our preferences. Because guys, I'm here to tell you, this is my preference right now. But I'm young. I'm 33. I'm a young pastor. I'm, I'm, I'm hip with the cool kids. One day, hey, just let me think that I am, okay? You shut up back there, okay? Just because you judge my minivan. Have some more kids and you'll be like, I need a minivan. I'm on number four, number four, and I only wanted two. I need therapy after this. Anyway, right now, we're we're not having twins. I've seen the sonogram. Calm down. Right now, this is my preference, but at some point, I'm going to get older, and I'm not going to be hip with the cool kids anymore, and I'm going to have to deal with worship that's not as my preference. But you know what, guys? I'm willing to do whatever it takes. If Monique gets up here with a beatbox and then the sample pad, we had one of those on Wednesday. It was really cool. And just starts rapping for Jesus. If that's what we had to do to meet the masses, I would be okay with it. It'd be tough. Or, for instance, we'll go to the other extreme. If, if we had to get a steel guitar up here and do country worship, some of you are like, glory. It's not my preference at all. But if it took it to to reach Jesus, I'd grin and bear it, grin and bear it every Sunday, okay? We we had someone almost get saved at that point in the first service. So but guys, what I'm saying is our preferences don't matter if everything we do lines up with God's word. We have to be close-handed with our theology and what we believe but we have to be open-handed with how we reach our culture the church has to be ever-changing the problem is the church does what it did in the last revival and expects the same thing to work there was a reason every church looks like 1990s and 1980s because that was the last move of god But every church looks like that because they're still living in the past thinking the same things they always did will keep working. Well, Jesus talks about that. So if you have your Bibles, grab them, go to Luke chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 33 today. This is our second or a third, actually third message in our stories with Luke. If you wonder what we're going to preach the next week, just keep reading. We're going verse by verse and we're going to have some fun. I'm going to let you know from the get-go. I hesitated with this message. I wanted to preach this message to you, but I knew it was going to be harsh. So if you don't like it, take it up with Jesus. Okay. Today, the title of my message is very simple. It's religion versus relationship. Religion says you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to act a certain way. You need to dress a certain way. You need to be a certain way in order to fit into this little mold that we call church. Relationship says jesus loves you and that's it relationship has no rules because if you are a follower of jesus you don't need rules because you're following him and your focus is on him and you're not doing anything else so we as the church cannot focus on the things that we want we have to focus on the things that jesus wants us to do So let's read luke chapter 5 verse 33 and they said to him the disciples of john fast often and offer prayers And so do the disciples of the pharisees, but yours eat and drink and jesus said to them Can you make a wedding? Can you make wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and they will fast in those days So my first point this is a happy father's day two-point sermon you think it's going to be short? It's not. I actually went long in the first service. I'm going to try to shorten it. We'll see how it goes. Number one, now is the time for action, not of waiting. Now is the time of action, not of waiting. You know, the Pharisees are trying to be the police of the disciples. They're telling Jesus, hey, your disciples, they, uh, they don't pray. They don't pray enough. If, if they were to pray enough, then... Then they would be super spiritual and jesus said why why do they need to pray more when The bridegroom is here when i'm here. It's time to get to work The way I see this in the church is we spend a whole lot of time focusing on the end We have books about the end times. We have books about how jesus is going to come back We have books about the tribulation. We have this and that and but here's the issue It doesn't matter how jesus comes back unless we save as many people as possible. So what I'm saying is is quit worrying about the end and start focusing on the mission that we have. Because it's a big mission. We got a lot to do. And so we can't focus too much on the on the return of Jesus. We have to focus on the mission and the mission is what? To seek and save as many people as possible. Did you know guys, this is the greatest moment. That has ever been for the church This is the greatest moment of in church history for at least two reasons number one You see there's cameras around here. We are live streaming on facebook Anyone in the world can listen to the message that you're listening to right now in fact, we do we have people all over the world that listen to it. It's it's interesting to go look at the stats and on any given Sunday, we have people from all the continents around the world that tune in. And that's cool. We also have, you pull out your cell phone, you have every Bible and every language you could possibly need. Now, I'm sure there's more. I'm sure we need more. I'm sure they're pushing to get it. But this is the greatest time for the message of Jesus to ever be put out. Now, that's not saying we don't need to send missionaries. That's not saying we don't need to send people. That's not saying we don't need to send people over to train pastors. We still need to do that. But it's never been any easier to get the gospel out than right now. So stop focusing on the end and focus on the goal. Because, guys, if Jesus came back today, if Jesus came back right now, there's a lot of people that would go to hell and it would be, Your fault. You're like, well, pastor, man, that's a little harsh. Well, what is our job? Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. If anyone goes to hell, it's because we didn't tell them. Because that's our job. And so our focus should not be pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib. Is there is there a trib? Should be focused on how many people can we get to heaven, period? That is our focus as the church. And we cannot allow Satan to distract us with trivial things. The problem is, Satan distracts us with trivial things. He distracts us with things of this earth. You know the greatest weapon of Satan? The greatest weapon of Satan is interpersonal relationships. Because... Our job is to focus on what's outside. But Satan has a tendency to focus us inward and say, did you know what so-and-so said to me at church? And you're more worried giving effort about who said that your shirt looks ugly. Because let's just face it, it is. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just making sure you're paying attention. You're focused more on what someone else did to you If you're focused on that, you're not focused on what's going on out there. So Satan uses our interpersonal relationships not to distract us, to distract us from what we have to do. Because I'm here to tell you, I'm a pastor. I deal with it all the time. People just go nuts over things sometimes. It's like, guys, is that really worth it? I mean, 10 years from now, are you going to be upset that someone did this or that? You may think you will be, but you won't. I mean, the funny thing is, my wife and I, uh, we, we see a counselor regularly, and you're like, well, is, is there trouble in paradise? No, we just need someone to talk to so we don't go crazy, and it's your fault. And so um, she asked us, we, we were talking about something in the past, and she goes, well, what were you all fighting over then? And we both go, uh... We couldn't remember. Why? Because it didn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. The things that we value so much and we fight over now... Ten years from now, you're going to go, I don't really know why we fought about that. That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But Satan ticks you off so much to distract you from what's going on out there. So let's keep reading. Luke 5, starting in verse 36. He also told them a parable, a story. No one tears a piece from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. If he does, he will tear the new And the peace from the new will not match up with the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst in the skins and it will be spilled. And the skins will be destroyed. But the new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. And no one, after drinking old wine, desires new. For he says the old is good. So that takes me to my second point. Tradition is not doctrine. Tradition is not doctrine. Jesus uses some metaphors to show us that just because something worked at one time does not mean that it will always work. Do y'all know what the definition of insanity is? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. That's the church to the T. That's, and what I'm talking about, I say the church as a whole. We, we expect that we don't change anything and the And the world should just come flocking to us. We put on these amazing programs. We put on VBS. They should hear our pastor preach every week. They should hear our amazing worship band. They should come to us. Well, here's the thing. Any fishermen in the house? Fishermen in the house? Three? That's good. Um, I think we can all get this still, I hope. Um, If you're fishing... Do you get in your boat, drive out to the middle of the lake and go, all right, fish, I'm here. Jump into my boat. Doesn't work that way, does it? What do you have to do? You have to pray. Jesus, please bring these fish into this boat. In Jesus name. Amen. Then it doesn't work, right? let's get a new boat let's get a bigger boat right maybe that'll fix it right now you see this as insanity right what do you have to do to catch the fish you got to put some bait in the water that's the problem with the church we go we're here jump into our boat don't you feel so privileged to jump into our boat it's a nice boat we have a cooler it's got Diet Dr. Pepper in it. Don't you like Diet Dr. Pepper? I do. You, sh- you need to like what I like. That's the problem. We see that as insanity, but yet we continually do it. We wait for the fish to jump in, but we have to go get them. We have to go get the fish. And so, if we do church God's way, if we do church God's way, we can do church anywhere in the world and it will work. The message is the same the vehicle sometimes just has to be different some of you know we do uh, two services during the week at assisted living facilities now there are some people in our in our district that would say those are not churches but here's the thing we go we worship we actually do traditional hymns like what traditional hymns yes we do traditional hymns we have a message much like what you hear on Sunday mornings in fact Oftentimes, when Teresa asks me to preach, I'll preach the same messages that you hear. And we worship, we pray for people, and we build people up. Sounds like church to me. It just happens on Thursday. And it doesn't happen in our church building. So many people, I mean, you've been to them. You know we have a church. But many people look at that and go, well, that's not a church. It's not happening in the church building why just because it doesn't fit our mold if we do church god's way we can do it anywhere and it'll work and so guys what i'm saying to you is this we have to stop focusing on the boat i'll use my illustration we've got to stop focusing on the boat well the pastor he changed the color of that wall and i like that color how dare he change it it's offensive to me yeah, I just sat in my office and went, you know what? I want to tick off everybody today. Let's just paint a wall. I got nothing else to do. Let's just paint a wall. Or I just sit in my office and go, I want to have a big white spot on the wall over there. Let's just take down an exit sign that I forgot to paint behind. You just all noticed it, didn't you? How, honesty, how many of you noticed it before? That's what I figured. Less than half. Yeah. Yeah, I, walk, I walked in here. The first thing I said was, what happened? Who forgot to paint behind the exit sign? <laughs> I literally said that, right? <laughs> but here's the thing. Who cares? We can worship God just fine with a white square on the wall. Yeah, huh? Yeah, even when we were painting, we didn't care to paint by there Because you don't see it. It doesn't affect anything. But we focus on that. It's easy for us to say, that's stinking pastor didn't do his job. No. How dare he have a white spot in the church? Now you laugh, but it's true. I've had people get mad and leave the church because we don't serve Folgers coffee in the coffee bar. You need Jesus if you love Folgers, for one. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and two... And two... It's free coffee. Just shut up and drink it. Golly. But there's no donuts. That's right. There is no donuts. There actually was donuts today, but don't get used to it. I don't know who bought them because it wasn't the church. <laughs> huh? The Joneses. Thank you, Joneses. Are they even here? They're here first service. Well, y'all, y'all tell Jerry Jones, thanks for your donuts on Facebook. My, my pastor's too cheap to buy donuts. <laughs> Because I love Jesus too much to spend. Anyway, don't get me started on that. But guys, we focus on these things. We we still have people that that are that are mad at me. Well, I don't think they go here anymore. But that were mad at me about the pews. Why? Most of you are like we had pews. I didn't know we had pews. Yeah, we had pews. The problem is we had to take up the pews because we didn't have enough room. Praise Jesus, we did because we had a Halloween event here. It was anybody at that Halloween event where we had two bounce houses in here. Whew. golly, yeah. yeah, it rained, it rained, we were going to do it out in the parking lot, and so we go, well, we don't have anywhere else to put it, so let's just put it inside, and so we put two bounce houses in here, I didn't think we could fit two bounce houses in here, this place is a lot bigger than I thought, but if we had pews, we wouldn't put in two bounce houses in here, somebody would die, but here's the thing, we focus on these menial things, I guarantee you, I know that I'm going to paint that building a color. I know that 50% of you are going to like it. I know that 50% of you are going to hate it. And I know 100% I'm not going to care either way. <laughs> because it doesn't matter what color the wall is. It matters that we finally have space for our kids. Just talk to a nursery worker. Take, take 15 preschoolers in a room that's 4x4. Four four. <laughs> it's not much bigger than that we and then easter i think they had like 20 something yeah and and praise it doesn't matter what color the wall is if you've got 20 preschoolers in a room just look at the wall after because you have to repaint it anyway (laughs) but you know i and i'm not saying that i as your pastor don't get caught up on some of these things i mean vbs week i just sit around and pace because they come in they come in soaking wet, and they sit in the chairs. I'm like, get off the chairs. <laughs> Did you know that we paid $2,000 to get these chairs clean? $2,000. So if you ever spill coffee on there, you die a slow, painful death. <laughs> oh, man. And somebody already has. There's a chair over here. It's called OCD. It's real. Anyway, um, <laughs> but I'm sitting here the whole time going, there's kids you know, scraping the walls, putting holes in the walls. I'm sitting here the whole time just going, but 46 people got saved. That's what matters. I mean, you could burn this whole place down if 46 people got saved. I mean, not really. We still need a place to meet, but what I'm saying to you is it doesn't matter. Now, do we need to learn to take care of the things God gave us? That's another sermon for another time, but this is just stuff. This is just a vehicle that helps us go where we need to go. My my wise grandfather once told me At the point where your stuff owns you then you have a problem You own your stuff Your stuff should never own you Now this building's amazing. I'm so excited. We're going to do it so excited But the problem is we're going to get that built and then probably a year later. We're going to go well It's time to build again And that's okay Okay And that makes us all like Wayne leans forward and scratches his head. I'm doing the same thing too, Wayne. I'm sitting in my office going, as soon as I build it, we fill it up. That's not a bad thing. But we just got to figure out a way. So what I'm telling you guys is if we will focus, if we will continually focus on what God calls us to do, it doesn't matter how big of a building we build, God's going to fill it up. But we got to focus on the right things. And not focus on the things that make us happy. Because it doesn't, doesn't matter. Our happiness doesn't matter as long as Jesus is moved forward. So what does this mean for us? If you're new here at Hope Church, I always try to end each message with some questions. Kind of challenge you throughout the week. The first question is this. Are you holding on to something that you need to let go? Are you holding on to something that you need to let go? Is there something that's bothering you? Are you still mad at mean old Pastor Todd because he took your pews out of your church? Are you still mad at me that I, that I ripped up your nice grass parking lot and now there's dirt in it? Eventually, I'm going to replace it with a nice parking lot. Praise Jesus. We're actually going to have almost enough parking. <laughs> almost. Um, parking's expensive. Anybody ever price parking? Anyway, ADD moment. But guys... Are you focused on the things that you need to be? And not focused on... I mean, there's silly things to be focused on. Focus on what God would have you. Number two. Is God asking you to stop sitting around and take more action? Is God asking you to stop sitting around and take more action? Because here's the thing. In the church, if you are a tithing member of this church, this church is just as much yours as it is mine. So don't walk up to me and say, Pastor... We're out of toilet paper in the bathroom. Because you know what I'm going to say? Go change it. What do you do at your house when you run out of toilet paper? You what? You change it. Or you yell, hey, Noah, bring me a roll of toilet paper, right? But you change it eventually. If you see trash in your house laying around, what do you do? You pick it up. Well, some of you don't, but you should pick it up So if you see a problem in the church that bothers you God showed it to you and you know why he showed it to you because he gave you the gifts to fix it Because obviously you have the gifts to realize that there's a white square on the wall Pastor todd can show you where the paint is it's in the shed Or in the closet one of two places Just depending on the last it's in the closet in the closet okay see this guy's painted before he knows where it is (laughs) and and that's the thing you know i'm just using the square as as an illustration today because that's the first thing i notice when i walk in the door it drives me insane one day it's going to disappear it's going to be magic because i'm not going to do it because i hate painting i painted this whole room anyway but what god is telling you to do is if you see a problem he's not asking you to complain about it he's asking you to get to work because this is your church too. And the way to make this church great is by all of us working together. You know, I, this might be news to you, but I don't sit around in my office and play golf every week. In fact, there's, there's a reason we're paying a construction company to run the construction of this. Because I literally could not do that and do the job that I have as well. Almost, I felt like I was going to die this week. I helped my dad with the electrical rough-in for the, for the building, and then I tr- tried to pastor and do that all at the same time. I'm like, ooh. But what I'm saying to you is I need you. You are my eyes and ears. God can speak to you just as much as he speaks to me. And if you see an issue, fix it. God gave you the abilities and the talents to do it. Don't complain about it. Don't get mad about it and post it on Facebook. Can you believe this church ran out of toilet paper? Change it. Do something about it. Because that's what God has called us to do. And number three, are you ready to help take Jesus to the nations? Because that's what it's all about, us working together. And as the band comes back, that's what it's all about it's about us working together it's about us working together to do the things that god has called us to do it doesn't matter what makes us comfortable what matters is what god has called us to do and so in just a minute i'm gonna have the pastors come up well we've got a new thing it's pretty cool this is kind of out of my comfort zone i'm an old school guy I believe if you want to get saved or make a decision, you come up and talk to somebody and you get prayed for. But I'm being told by people that are smarter than me that people don't like to talk to people. It's called Facebook. Uh, and so we have, a, we have a decision line. There it is. You can text this number, any decision you'd like to make. If you'd like to help somewhere, if God's calling you to do something, if, if you need prayer, if you need to accept Jesus, maybe, maybe you're kind of lost and you need some direction text anything into that number you can literally text a paragraph if you want and one of our staff will follow up with you we'll have your cell phone number and we'll call you right back sometimes during the week and so this is an easy way now i'm a traditionalist i think you should just have the guts to come tell somebody but this is okay if this gets someone to respond to jesus and allows us to follow up with them i'm okay with it because whatever it takes to move the gospel forward that's what we're going to do and so my question for you today is this one i've got two questions one is god calling you to do something do you see something around here where you fit right in and you need to jump right in or two is god saying you, to you today i need you to refocus and help me to take the gospel to all the nations here in just a minute they're going to sing another song don't miss this opportunity we're going to have our, some, our prayer team up here at the front and in the back if you need some prayer want to make a decision we've got the decision line as well but don't miss this opportunity to talk to God because the grill's going to be awesome somebody's going to walk out of here with the grill but the decision to follow God, the decision to make a change is far better than any girl. One day that girl's going to rust and go away. But your life with God is going to matter. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you today that you are an amazing God. Lord, I thank you that even though sometimes we can be petty, even though sometimes we can focus on the wrong things, you still love us. So Lord, I pray today that you would help us focus on the right things. Help us focus on you. And Lord, I pray today, if you're calling us to action, we would stop sitting down and start working towards what you've called us to do. Lord, you've given us, you've made us see this thing in the church for a reason. And Lord, I pray that you would just give us the courage to step out and do it because you've already given us the skills. And Lord, I pray that you would just help us to step up and follow you in the ways that you've called us to today. Jesus, we love you and we thank you. It's in your name we pray.